It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. For my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org getmore. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. Before we get rolling in today's podcast with my Packer Report colleague, Keith Rordink, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and Locked On Giants to get you ready for Sunday and check out my work over at PackerReport.com. Do you want to go to the Packers playoff game? Well, here's how you do it. You sign up at Packer Report, and Packer Report members receive 10% discounts on tickets through our site over at TicketMonster. A great deal and a great way to get into a playoff game. A predicted high of 18 too. Supposed to be a nice day for football. And with that out of the way, let's dive right into it. Our podcast with my Packer Report colleague, Keith Roerdink. All right, Keith. They ran the table. At what point did you think that that was possible? I felt pretty early on that it was possible. But, you know, I still, I, I go back to, you know, we all do it when the schedule comes out in the summer and you look and you're like, Okay, they'll, they'll win here, they'll win here, they'll win here, probably lose that one. I mean, even backing up to when we thought this is a schedule you can go 14-2 and two against, I had that Seattle game as one of the losses. So the whole run the table thing, I think I was taken with a little bit of a grain of salt. That, you know what, they don't need to run the whole table. They can, you know, they can drop one here, but if it's not in the division, they're probably okay. And I don't know, once, once they put Seattle in the mouth, I'm like, Okay, I'm in. I mean, I, I felt pretty good, but after, after that game, I'm like, all right, this, this team's got something going on, and, and Rodgers just is, I mean, as we were saying right, right before we uh, hit record on this, I mean, he is just otherworldly right now. I got him. He put up such great numbers during that MVP season, but I, I guess I'd have to rewatch those games to get a feel for it, but it's hard to imagine that he's ever played better than he's played during the stretch, he's got what fifteen touchdowns and no interceptions during during the streak here, and I mean he's 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 never close to making a mistake. I mean sometimes you, I mean, you've seen enough games where oh that was almost interceptable. Shoot, forget I me. Mean, no, no one gets their fingers on his ball. He is he is just playing fo- football like I, don't, I I shouldn't say like I've never seen before because maybe I need to go look back at twenty eleven again. But I, I don't I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like this. 
feel like, and, and again, without, without, you know, we, we, I, I, can we have a media bill? Can we drop the cliche? Well, you know, we have to watch the film, but yeah. without, without queuing up 2011, which in my mind, I feel like I remember a lot of like, you know, deep passes and, and, you know, taking that single high safety and just like, you know, a lot of longer throws and, and even, even 2014, you know, I think, I think back to the, you know, some of the long throws he made and some of those, you know, 60 yard touchdowns. I feel like what he's doing this year is just that the types of touchdowns, just the, the small, small windows he's putting stuff in and, and his footwork. I would, again, without seeing the film, I would put his footwork this year just as, as his as his best ever. Just just him, him moving up in the, it's not even, it's not, you know, we always talk about being a mobile quarterback. It's not mobile running for first downs. It's mobile behind the line of scrimmage. It's mobile buying time, stepping up, stepping back, stepping right, stepping, you know, turning his back and rolling out. And, but I mean, the, the throw to Geronimo. Allison, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, to me, that was, you know, I think you and I had said, well, maybe that throw that he had in the very first game of the year, the win over Jacksonville, was one of the best throws we had seen him make. I will, I will put that Geronimo Allison touchdown up there on the, on the Aaron Rodgers Hall of Fame with, with that throw as well. Cause I mean, but, but those are the types of things he's doing. Like you said, He's nowhere close to getting an interception. He's making plays like that, and it is just—I mean, Matt um, Matt Ryan is probably going to win the MVP, and he had four touchdowns yesterday, and they've had the you know top-ranked offense throughout most of the year. But my gosh, I mean, when you know during a losing streak, we we talked about you know we're judging Rodgers against himself. We're judging him against the best Aaron Rodgers he's shown us and he's coming up short during the losing streak. And, and we maybe were being a little hard and unfair on him at that point, but, you know, so it goes with the quarterback. But I will say now he is he is playing beyond the best Aaron Rodgers that we've ever seen, and, and I think that's why you believe in this team. That's a good point. You know, I, and the reason why you, you believe, you, I, I go to that first touchdown drive against the Lions where there is no Jordy Nelson catching passes, there is no Devonta Adams catching passes, there was no Geronimo Allison catching passes. There was no time Montgomery ring the ball. It was every yard was Jared Cook, Richard Rodgers, and Aaron Ripkowski. I mean, that's how deep this offense is. Is they don't even need to put the ball in the hands of their of their playmakers, and they just motor on down the field. That was, and then and then then later, then it's you know, then he goes to town and gets all the receivers involved in the next touchdown drive. They they just have so many weapons, and if, I realize these guys have some oh, yeah. serious flaws, but there are so many weapons. It's like good luck stopping them. Like, exactly. I mean, what what do you do if you're a defect? So, you know, when when Darius Slay, when they, you know, announced he was active for this game, okay, so, you know, he wasn't going to go, uh, you know, Rogue One all of, all of Xavier Rose <laughs> and, and freelance out there. So you knew Slay, you know, Slay was, was going to have a, a healthy dose of Nelson all night and kind of shadow him. But like you said, they're so deep. And even when they're matched up against... You know, Adams. You've got Allison, who, I mean, my gosh, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think Geronimo Allison was a guy barely involved in the offense the way he looked last night. I mean, he's a big body, and he just—you can tell—he gains confidence, and Rodgers gains confidence in him with every throw. And again, 
that touchdown play where he stayed alive. And, and you know, I think, um, you know, for those watching the telecast at home, Chris Collins with made a great point. And that is not street football. That is what Aaron Rodgers and that team practices, keeping guys alive, scrambling around, you know, receivers running around for eight and a half seconds in man coverage, and they flash open, and he puts it in some tiny, tiny little space that, you know, probably, uh, you know, two or three guys on the, on the face of the planet could do. You know, maybe, maybe just one, maybe just ten, but so many guys. And, and Cook getting getting those, those third-down conversions, and then, of course, Rutkowski, who you, you put back there because you think you need him for pass protection because if there's, you know, if there's maybe one ding on, on Ty Montgomery shifting the running back, it's a, you know, his pass pro definitely needs a little work, but they put Rutkowski back there for that, and then what's he doing? He's, you know, ripping off, you know, 10 and 11 yards here on a run, and, you know, he then he sets up like he's blocking, and he slips out and catches a touchdown, and my gosh, they're, they're just they're deep. They're deep, and everybody is stepping up. This this Geronimo Allison story is pretty cool to me. You, how many receivers, you know, late round undrafted guys have they had over the years that, that you thought, well, no, this kid's pretty good. You know, I'm thinking like DeAndre Borrell and and Tory Gurley over the years, and you know, Miles White got got some run here a couple of years ago. And he, you know, here they they're they're deep in receiver anyway. They draft Trevor Davis, and he's he's passed all these guys. Where he's on the number four, I mean, you know, Jeff Janis doesn't play, Trevor Davis doesn't play. It's there's something special about this Allison kid where where he's doing things that all these other guys never were able to do. I don't know if it's if it's got a, if it's feel for the game or size or, or a combination of all that stuff, but he's he's got it. I'm not, I'm not saying this kid's going to be a star or anything, but he's 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 got something that all these other guys just don't have. I agree, and you you make a good point because over the years. You know, we, we always get excited about, about somebody, whether it's, you know, Miles White or, yeah, Todd Gurley. And it's always like a bottom of the roster guy. And even if they make it, I mean, they're probably a game being active anyways. But, you know, we, we like Dallas and we thought, okay, well, he's, he's got this big body type and he played at a big time program. But, you know, there was, a, there was a reason he didn't get drafted. But he comes in, and again, and it just, you know, it's, it's like if, if something, it just clicked with Rodgers. He clicks with Rodgers in a way that these other guys didn't quite do. You know, it was one thing for, for Miles White or, uh, you know, going in years past or on Burrell to kind of pop in a preseason game. And you're like, oh, look at this guy. But, I mean, Allison's doing it in clutch time. Allison's doing it when it counts. And I think, you know, we know a guy like Rodgers, you know, much of the way that, you know, when Jeff Vanna screws up, I mean, he might as well... You know, he might as well hail a cab and leave at that point of the game. Huh. Um, but, but, but Allison, when he makes a play and he's in Rodgers' good graces, oh, man, he just wants to go back to him. There's a lot of confidence there, too. I mean, you, you saw him, he gets up and he's, you know, spinning the ball on the turf. And he's, oh, he's yeah. feeling now, now, he might go back in mothballs when, when Randall Cobb's healthy, but... Boy, I, I really want to see I more. I, I want to see more of him this year, next year, and down the road. God, it's so funny you said when Randall Cobb comes back, and I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, Randall Cobb didn't play pity. You know, we're talking about how deep they are, and we we completely leave out the fact that oh yeah, and Randall Cobb didn't play. Yeah, that says something, doesn't it? Um, man, oh man, I like Jordy in the slot, man. So 
Yeah, they have they have got all systems go right now, and you know this. Again, this is about as battle tested of a team is going to get in the playoffs. You know, even beyond a streak where, you know, all all their DBs are hurt, and you're sitting there thinking they've got I me. Mean, was it? It's uh, seventeen thirteen, and you're thinking they got to go get they got to go get a touchdown here because you know they're 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 running out of guys, and and you know darn well the Lions are going to come back, or at least you're thinking that the Lions are going to come right down and score, and you know you better score you better score some points and get some cushion and. And they do it, and you know it's it's that kind of stuff that really gives you some some hope if you're a Packers fan that they really can make a run because you you go back to 2011 and that, and that you know, they go 15 to one when they needed to drive against the Chiefs in that loss they couldn't do it when they needed to drive in that playoff game against the Giants they couldn't do it when they needed to drive last night against the Lions they got them they got not one but they got two for sure and and you know. You talk about the corners, and I mean, can can all the the you know Dom Capers haters can they just can they you know receive back into the, the corners of, of polite society here and, and <laughs> back into the woodwork? Because I mean, you look at what that defense was able to accomplish last night. You know, with with you know Micah Hyde starting at corner and Morgan Burnett playing in the slot and Central Price playing in the slot. And, I mean. And that is not an accident. These are, you know, and, and Marlon Evans in there. These are undrafted guys that are ready. It's not a fluke. They were ready. They were put on the spot, and they performed, and they made plays, and they held it down. I mean, you know, Randall goes down. Rollins goes down. So you've got, you know, when they're when they're in the dime, you know, was, it, was there a point, I think, where you had, you have the Darius Gunter, Central Bryce and Marlon Evans, I think, on the field at the same time. Yep, that's right. For a couple players. Three undrafted guys. You've got Micah Hyde, kind of your, your versatile swing guy, who, you know, we've said is probably being pressed into a little more action, ideally, than he would be. And he's, you know, he's playing as well as we've ever seen him. You've got Morgan Burnett, who they're, they're playing all over the field, whether he's, you know, at an inside linebacker role, you're doing different things with with Clinton Dix, we're bringing him down in the box. Again, let's take a moment and tip our hands to Don Capers for scheming this up and for helping coach these guys up and have these guys ready, and whether it's in practice or a game, kind of kind of evolving these guys into these multifaceted players that if they're, God forbid, trust into service, they're actually ready. It's not, you know, it's not as, you know, it looks like a crapshoot when you see these guys go here, but they know the plays and they've been coached up. So, I mean, kudos to those guys and kudos to Don Capers and the staff who, you know, most people have wanted to run out of town for most of the season. It really is amazing. I mean, you lose all those guys. And look, the Lions offense isn't like the greatest thing since last year, but it's it's a pretty damn good group. Stafford's a you know really good quarterback, and they didn't get a touch on the second half until the hail mary at the end of the game when I think everyone kind of took a nap. That they were able to to not just hang on for dear life, but really finish the job. That's a hell of a job. I, I was I, I I don't I don't know all she can say besides that's pretty amazing for especially for as bad as this group has looked at times this year to to, uh, to come up clutch. With all with all those with all your horses out of the line, a pretty pretty amazing night. Oh yeah, and it's and it's not perfect, and it's not always pretty. And I mean, I'm not saying 
any of these undrafted guys or, or Burnett or Hyde for that matter are playing anywhere near a Pro Bowl level. I mean, there, there certainly were, were missed assignments and, and guys flashing open all over the field, but when they needed to step up and make a play, they stepped up and made, made a play. And I mean, it's not quite the same atmosphere, but as I was watching that game last night, I kind of had a moment where I was thinking about Super Bowl 45 and about, you know, if you remember the point where Shields goes out, Woodson, you know, messes up his shoulder or breaks his collarbone again, and all of a sudden you've got Jarrett Bush and I think it was Pat Lee. That's right. That's right. And you've got Roethlisberger looking at these, you know, looking at these guys, 24 and 22 out there, looking at shops going, I know who I'm going after, and you end up with, you know, Jarrett Bush making a key interception. So it's, you know, but I, I had that thought in my head as I'm watching these guys, and I'm like, Here's a bunch of young guys that are thrown into a spot where probably nobody has any confidence in them, and you know the opposing quarterback is going to come right at them, and they're stepping up and making plays. And I mean, and they're they're going to have their hands full next week with with OBJ and Cruz and Shepard. But I mean, this this is a confidence builder for for all those guys that had to play. You make a great point. It's twenty three to fourteen. And Rollins just gets hurt on that long play, so they're they're, they're moving the ball. And all of a sudden, you get like a pass defense, a two passes defense, and in in Stafford gets rushed into an incomplete pass. Oh no! That wait, I got the wrong sequence there. It's twenty. It's it's where they kicked that field goal uh, late in the oh, game. Yeah, I mean they're they're driving down the field, and uh, Kenny Clark bats on a pass to the line. Gunter breaks up a pass on the field, and then uh, Perry and Peppers break free and force an incompletion. And so instead of the Lions getting a touchdown, getting back in the game, Prater kicks the field goal, and still Green Bay still has their margin to work with. So yeah, I think it's a great point where it's not always pretty, but you know it doesn't have to be pretty. You know, just yeah. make a, make a, when your offense is playing that well, just make enough plays so you know you, you you don't lose. Just don't lose the game. You know, I had it in my podcast on Friday. Just don't screw things up. There's something to be said about not screwing up, and, and they've done that. You, you know, Pat or Pat just said Pat Lee, just because you said it. But you know, Micah Hyde and you know, in, in those guys that they made enough plays than they had to. And Micah Hyde with that interception, one-handed interception in the end zone. I mean, that's just you know, that's a that's just like your vintage Micah Hyde play. Who again is just you know, I I don't know that he's quite an unsung guy, but I mean, he's never he's never a guy that you kind of you know elevate as you're as you're talking about kind of the you know upper echelon guys on the team. Does he just? He's a very clutch guy, and they've had to lean on him this year. And you know, I think that interception, and, and again, just the plays he made when he had to, you know, move out on the perimeter, just show the kind of season he's having. And you know, like you said, they're kind of you know, hottest offense in the league, the deepest offense. You've got Devontae Adams with twelve touchdowns. You've got Jordy with with fourteen. You just need to, to not screw it up. They don't need a defense that's playing as well as the offense. They need a defense that allows the offense to keep them in the game. And that's that's what they're going to need against the Giants because they're going to have to outscore the Giants. I think. Yeah, I think so. You know, one more note on Hyde. We talked to him after the game on Sunday, and he, we, you know, we said, you know, you played corner, you know, outside corner as a rookie, right? He said, yeah, maybe one or two snaps. So basically, he's been a, a a slot corner slash safety for four years, and he gets thrown in there and he makes plays. And Morgan Burnett, 
who said he hadn't played corner since his freshman year at Georgia Tech, <laughs> comes in and makes plays. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, I don't know if it's a sustainable model, but you know they could have got him run off the field last night, and, and, and they didn't. Which brings us to the Giants, who you just mentioned. You know they were they were beat up at corner that first game too, and Eli Manning to his receivers, uh, Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and uh, Victor Cruz. He was seven for twenty-one to his receivers in that game. That's a uh, that's a big night. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's if you can replicate that, but they're going to need a, a a a big game like that again, aren't they? They really are, and you know, I was, you know, once you knew they were playing the Giants, you know, I was, I was looking back at some of the highlights from that game and looking back at my notes, and yeah, I just, uh, I, I still, you look back at the final stats and you wonder how that current quarterbacks held that trail of receivers in check, and really, you know, it was the end of the game when OBJ finally got that touchdown, right, on a, on a believable blown coverage, and you know, certainly he's an athletic guy, but yeah, you know, that's. You know, Eli Manning, he's, he's clutch in the playoffs, but, I mean, he's, he's very up and down. And, you know, certainly they had a, a big one yesterday against the Redskins. But, man, if you can get anything close to the performance of that previous meeting, you know, this coming Sunday, they'll be in good shape. Now, you know, both of these teams have gone through, you know, pretty big no marches. And, and you, you can make a case that, you know, Packers aside, is that for maybe that, the next hottest team in the league, but I don't know. They're, they're going to have their hands full, but you know, they between what they did against the Lions and what they did in the first matchup, I mean, they they should have confidence they can play with, with that trio of receivers. Did you watch the the Giants yesterday? I did. So I, I watched the first quarter and a half um, before I left for the game, and I caught the last maybe ten minutes or so at, at the stadium. Eli Manning looks terrible. That looks like a guy who has no interest whatsoever in getting hit. I, you know, every time the Redskins would bring pressure, he would either hit the deck or just chuck it out of bounds. I, he looks like I just feel like if Green Bay can get some some pass rush there, that he's not going to have much interest in beating it. Now I, I say that, and he might be a whole different guy come playoff time. I don't know, but I, I was not impressed. I, maybe maybe you think differently. No, no, and you know he's a guy who. I'm I'm usually not that impressed watching him, and I think that the older he's gotten, the the least the less impressive he's looked. But but again, the caveat there is that his his body work in the playoffs is you know about as clutch as you can get. Um, now it's been what five years since they were in the playoffs. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, 2011. I know they they won yeah. here and won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't, you you might be right about not getting any yeah. sense. Yeah, so, but I mean, you know, Ben McAdoo has them playing well, and, you know, they're getting, I'll tell you what, they're getting some good play out of uh, out of their defense, not in that secondary. Antonio Rogers Camardi, I mean, 30 years old, but he's got six picks, and, you know, he had a hell of a game against against Kirk Cousins, but, you know, that said, that that I think is, is the matchup they're going to explore. I mean, you've got, you've got uh, Cromartie, You've got, you know, Landon Collins, very good safety. But Darren Rodgers is, is a, a cut above Kirk Cousins. And I think the, the Packer receiving core is a little beyond, you know, Deshaun Jackson and, you know, Jameson Crowder and, and some of those other guys. So, you know, I feel like even even if Manning if does show up and kind of look like the, the clutch playoff Manning of old, you know, I, I think 
Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to be able to put up points on, on that secondary. So what do you think? I mean, obviously, I'll see up at Lambeau on Sunday. Maybe it's a little too early to be talking. I see the game shaking up, but for a, a uh, Tuesday morning podcast, I mean, how, do you, how do you think this shakes out on Sunday? I mean, there's, there's no reason to, to not think that the, uh, that the table running continues at, at least one more week. I mean, you know, we've, I've been saying all along that whenever this run ends, you know, I, I think it's probably going to be because of their cornerback. So I guess right. I'm, I'm kind of I'm setting myself up to to say this is where it could end, not knowing the health of Rollins, who, who thank God, you know, seemed okay and, and was back after a night at Detroit, and you know was, you know, was conscious and moving his limbs, and so you know, thank God for that because that was a that certainly was a that looked weird the way he kind of hit and rolled his neck, and um, so you know, you thank God he's okay, but. I don't know. That said, after everything we just discussed, I mean, I, I think this is a game Green Bay can win thirty-one twenty-seven. I think you're. I think that the Giants are going to do a little better offensively than what we saw earlier in the year. But I mean, I think the defense is going to be good enough. And you know what? If, if Clay Matthews hangs on to that interception, I mean, that's a pick six right there. So. Maybe he's due. This is the second week in a row where we've seen Clay Matthews start to look like Clay Matthews of old. Peppers didn't do anything last night, but he seems like he's still a guy that can pick his spot. And Nick Perry, even with the, with that big club cast, is making plays. So, the, you know, again, the defense is stepping up in surprising spots. You had a young guy like Kenny Clark, who you mentioned, Bill, bent down that pass at a key time. And, you know, if the defense can be good enough, I mean, I think we should have faith in this offense to do it one more week. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, you just got to make a couple plays, don't you, on defense? Whether it's, you know, in, in Manning, Eli's history, he'll give you some opportunities, but you just got to just get a couple turnovers, right? Or make a few plays to, to swing the game. I, you know, I just don't think it's going to be like it was in week five where you really shut them down for the, for the course of the game. But, you know, the, the, I mean, we, we talked off the, uh, just before we hit record on this, Green Bay is, what, plus 14 on turnovers the last six weeks? You know, oh, yeah. You know, keep it up, like, you know. Again, another. Just get one or two. I mean, another, another tip, of, tip of the cap to Capers. I mean, yeah, they're, they're plus 14, so they are they are coming up with the players. And, I mean, why why wouldn't they? You know, maybe it's going to be Micah Hyde again. Maybe it's, maybe it's Clinton Dix. Maybe it's Clay Matthews hanging on to that or somebody causing a fumble. But, yeah, I mean, for, you know, the, the defense has maybe had the, you know, if the, if the offense is the uh, kind of the, uh, the Porsche of, of the, the league, you know, the, uh, the defense has been that, that reliable Toyota Camry getting you from point A to point B. So, yeah, you know, why not, why not put our faith in them to get one or two more players when they need it? I, I think you're right. Put you on the spot. What, what NFC team worries you the most? Is it Dallas again? Is it having to go out to Seattle? What? What is it? A rematch in Atlanta? What? What do you think? You know, I I almost man, I almost think I pick Atlanta over Dallas just because of the experience of what they've been doing, and it's not just offense. It's it's Vic Beasley and getting those sacks on defense. And again, I mean, what Dallas has done this year has been phenomenal. I mean, with with Zeke, you know, leading the NFL and rushing as a rookie with what Dak Prescott is doing. But for that reason, too, 
I think having that rookie quarterback, I mean, if you have to, I mean, that magic may well out. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't looked rattled. He said he's had some stretches where he hasn't looked spectacular, but, you know, if you, if you have to pick one team that you're more worried about, I, I guess I would say I'm, I'm a little more worried about, you know, Matt Ryan and that, that Falcons offense, and again, their, their ability to get to the quarterback on defense. Yeah, again, I got I have to agree with you. You know, watching that uh, Detroit-Dallas game a couple weeks ago, that Dallas defense isn't that good. I mean, Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay, geez. You know, Detroit had 21 points in their first half before they stopped running the ball and kind of screwed themselves up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might go with you. Where, I mean, Atlanta's defense, is, Atlanta's defense is awful, too. But, you know, I don't think Dallas is capable of scoring 40 in any Sunday. I, I think Atlanta is capable of getting 40 in any Sunday. So I, I, would, I would go Atlanta. Atlanta, Dallas, Seattle, probably my, I would go in that order, is the tough matchups. But Atlanta, number one. I think so. I think so, too. You know, and there was, there was talk after the game, as I, you know, kind of kind of flipped around to, to some of the, you know, NFL Network, ESPN, that sort of thing. And, you know, even, you know, it's funny, even just talking with my, my two sons as, as they watch the game and saying, well, you know, wouldn't we be better off playing Seattle again after, after what we did to them earlier in the year? And I'm like, you know, well, that was a well, that was a, a great game. I mean, that was that was the most surprising win during during the, the running of the table. I mean, that was nobody saw thirty eight to ten coming, and I think Russell Wilson throwing five interceptions. I mean, that's an anomaly. So you have to, uh, you know, you, you have to say, I think, I think you're better off. Getting that home game and, and taking on the Giants and, and seeing if you can duplicate that success. All right, Keith. Happy New Year to you and your family, and I will see you at Lambeau Field Sunday afternoon. Happy New Year, Bill. All right, thanks for joining us, and I'll uh, talk to you Sunday. Thanks a lot. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.